Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. My name is Mike. My name is Ray. What's going on, everybody? How we doing? <clears throat> you know, we're doing all right. Got some, got some nice weather. Yeah, it's not, you know, Arctic. It's completely normal for this time of year too. Very, uh, a, a very nice sixty degree day in February. It's uh, um, sixty degrees can happen in February. It's not that bad. It doesn't mean I can't enjoy it, okay? Yeah. Had okay. No, I'm saying like Josh, okay. Josh was alluding that it wasn't normal. Had, had brunch outside with the oh with the baby Metroid this morning. It was great. Mm-hmm. So great. Having, a, having a lovely, lovely day. So we thought it'd be a really good idea to come inside and then talk about video games and such. It's not. No, it's always a great day to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what games you've been playing, Josh? Me, I have been playing a bit of Hitman, murdering stuff here and there. Still great, still fun. I'm okay at it because sometimes I think I'm better at Hitman than I am, and I overextend, and then I get murdered. And you pay the price. I yeah. I, have I, you gone Sheik Zanzibar on someone yet? I have not done the full Sheik Zanzibar yet. Um, I I hope to. I really want to. But I I often yell the mantra, fortune favors the bold. And it almost always never does. So there's, there's that. That does not sound like the proper mantra of an assassin. Sure. Just throwing that out there. No, no, no. <laughs> The important it, thing is just to have multiple crowbars because then you can whack somebody with whack somebody and then throw multiple crowbars to drop all the witnesses in the room as fast as possible. Yeah. Just, the more crowbars you, know, you have, the better you're all. The better I, you're. I, 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 there was one situation I was proud of myself. Proud's not the word. I got myself in a bit of a sticky situation and I entered a combat scenario and then I didn't have combat anymore because I murdered every single arm wielding person in the area. So, you know, Oh my, there's, there's nobody to tell the tale. That sounds like the equivalent of, you know, when you get spotted in a metal gear game and you're just like stealth and then you just kill everyone that comes into the room and then solid snake is standing over those piles of bodies and you're just like, yep. There's With nobody to sound the alarm spy. if nobody's alive, right? <laughs> Bingo. So uh, that's been that's been uh, taking up a bit of my time, and then uh, also been playing a bit of Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, I've been playing a bit of it, as, but I've been playing a little bit of it as well. What do you the, What do you think about it, guys? What do you think? I want to hear Josh's thoughts first, since he's never played a Fire Emblem. So yeah, oh, yeah that, that's I've I've never played a Fire Emblem. I think one time I might have downloaded one on an emulator and played like a minute of it and not really come back to it. Uh, so I've been playing the Fire Emblem Heroes, and I like it, but I have some some issues with it. As okay, question: Is it common in a Fire Emblem game? for enemies to basically commit suicide by attacking people nearby that are not the person they should be attacking. Because I feel like that happens in almost every battle where, like, an enemy will step up on one of my dudes and be like, I'm gonna fucking fight you. And you're like, dude, if you look at the triangle, you're not even, like, 
close to the right guy. And if you look at the numbers, you're going to die and You'll you're going to be do like one damage hey. to my guy. So well, some some of that, I think, is the difficulty that you might yeah, be on. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, like, I think... Well, you can't, I, I don't think you can change the difficulty on heroes, though. I think... I mean, there's a couple different, like... There are some missions you can do that are like, hey, this is like for level 5. This is for level 15. Like, there's that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah I've, def- I've kind of noticed, like, it's not exactly... I mean, it's certainly not the most, like, challenging Fire Emblem gameplay there is. I mean, not that I need it to be. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a But I, I've noticed that, too, where it's just like, oh, you, my sweet summer child. Not even the yeah. triangle will save you now. When I, <laughs> I, I assume that, I assume that in a proper Fire Emblem game, you will have things like characters that miss, or you'll have percentage chances, or... That, that when when it says, like, you're expected to do this much damage, like, it may not actually do that much, or you might crit or something. Like, there, it gets a little right. more complex in the in the actual game. Um, I love the way that the game looks. Like, I love the art style, and I think it's a very pretty game. Um, yep. And I haven't felt that the free-to-play trappings have been too egregious, or I haven't felt like I've needed to spend money on it, um, at least where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing really is that because i don't have the background in fire emblem like some of the like what i would imagine is more fan servicey stuff with like all the heroes and interacting in a different way doesn't really have an effect on me it really Mm -hmm. just wants makes me want to play an actual fire emblem game which is if that's the intent i I don't know but as you say it probably is partially the intent and i would imagine that and we can, you know, we could discuss this a little bit. I, I think most of Nintendo's fire, you know, not fire, but mobile game stuff, is really to support their other games to make you want to give them a little money and then go buy the proper game at some point. Or, or their games are so poorly delivered to a non-fan of the game. They're like, man, I wonder if the actual game is good. You know, I'm, I'm going the other way around <laughs> Well, you Actually, know, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't made me think, like, man, I need to get a 3DS so that I can play the newest Fire Emblem, but I'm like, I've got a Game Boy Advance emulator. Maybe I could pick, you know, maybe I could re-download that one ROM that I started and actually give it a shot. Uh, if you are just getting to the Fire Emblem series, the one I would recommend is Awakening. Because Awakening has what's called casual mode, which, in my opinion, is the only way I ever play Fire Emblem anymore. Yeah, it's um, ca- I think def- definitely that was because I-, I just finished up Birthright. I really I-, I enjoyed it. I think I liked Awakening just a little bit more, but I mean, it- it- Awakening yeah. did introduce casual mode, and basically, if you didn't or if you didn't know, Josh, like casual mode, because in Fire Emblem, like for the Game Boy and stuff, if a character died. You have, I mean, I knew, I knew there's permadeath in yeah, the, it Fire was permadeath. Emblem, which is not in Fire Emblem Heroes at all. Yeah, because so, like if someone dies, then you just lo- would lose them forever. And casual, if they die, I mean they'll be gone for the map, but they won't be dead. They'll, forever. They won't be no permadeath. And it's like it just saves you so. I mean, it, it for me, it's like it just saves me so much time because sometimes it's just like I just make one stupid mistake and then my, one of my favorite characters dies, and then you have to start like. An, Two-hour level over again. Just like, uh. oh, it's so, so casual. When so casual just no, made it so much more like of. 
I don't know. Just it was just it, it added a lot. It, it made it a lot more, a less, a lot less of a chore when that like, because when that happens, you just never want to play Fire ever again. Yeah, so I'm just gonna well, eat you know, this cartridge. I think I really it, so I would never have to play it again. I, I really, re, I really liked playing Final Fantasy Tactics way back mm, when. Um, that's and I have game. a feeling that Fire Emblem could very easily scratch that itch. So you know, mm. it's very similar in mechanics and the way that game works. So I might try and play a real Fire Emblem game. I don't know if I'm going to keep playing Heroes, though. Some, you know, I don't open it every day, but every once in a while I'll be like, oh, I should probably do a couple battles. Then I'll uh, just if you were... Get out. If you do get a 3DS, I highly recommend Awakening. It's really good because it lets you grind your heroes... And most Fire Emblem games before Awakening, most, didn't let you grind. So if you had like a specific set of characters and you got into a battle and you're just getting your ass whipped by a boss who only goes down to a certain uh, type of character class and you never grinded or even got that character because you might have missed them, um, you're just fucked. Start the game over again. Yeah, I think and that's happened like, to me a lot. <laughs> there's like one. Oh, there's like one on the Game Boy Advance that like had some kind of. Like, I guess more free roam type grinding abilities. Uh, Maybe before, Sacred Stone. Yeah, I think Sacred Stone had some. Yeah. Um, because you could like the first one did not. No, it didn't. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a series I've really enjoyed. Um, I mean, it's I don't know what it is because I'll go for the longest time not really like playing Fire Emblem, but then I'll just play one and it's just like it's just I I just like it just draws me in so fast like. You can really like once you start seeing like the numbers go up and like oh, oh this person can just mess some stuff up now oh, it, it's pretty great it's 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 pretty I cool. I want to talk about um, plus anime, plus shipping, plus <laughs> eugenics. Plus, uh, th- yeah. Oh man, that's the, hey, the eugenics every time. Is fun. I'm, every time I'm like hold, I'm thinking about people's skills. Like well, well these skills would. If they and these skills were in the same person, that'd be pretty. And then I'm like, ah, man, ah, I just feel dirty. I just, you know, I love it. Uh, I love like, hey, you two, you two, get together, make a baby, so that. And I'm talking about awakening, so that when we go to the future, that child is going to be strong with this skill and this skill. And you're always deciding, like, I don't know, should I get this person with Olivia? Should Crom date Olivia? So. They could have the dancer baby, Lucia. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's like, is this kind of an opposite attract thing? Oh, I, I actually, I found this the other day. So I just wanted to mention, you know, with, with all free-to-play games, you know, I, I, I'm with Josh. I haven't really had any. Even though I didn't get some of my favorite characters, I didn't have zero compulsion to spend any money. Uh, but someone on the Fire Emblem subreddit spent oh my nearly God. $500 trying to get Hector and failed. Roy is behind the paywall. It's just like we feared. Five. <laughs> you know, just be just, safe, we, folks. We need to. We need to let that sink in again. Five hundred dollars just to try and get one character out of the random dice roll that is the hero or trading market fucking thing. You know, I, like, I actually I don't wanna, hate how that system works. Yeah, like, like I, you know, I, I don't want to take it. anything. You know, I mean, he, he if he's got the uh, the 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 
ability to spend yeah, that. If you, you got know, the, if you got that kind of cash country, to burn, fucking go for it. You know, go for it. But I, it's I also have the right to think to say, you know, what the hell are you doing? Oh my god! Even, why would you do that? Even if you have that, why money, would you do that? There are so many better <laughs> things you could spend five hundred dollars on. Yeah. Don't you spend money on Tap Tycoon? Are you really hey, the one hey, to kind of fan I'm, the flames? First, first off, first off, I'm He's reformed. like a month clean, man. I haven't played Tap Tycoon <laughs> in months now, so oh, really? wow, okay, that's that's okay. one All thing. Right. And I'm okay. I came really close to picking up Tap uh, uh, Tap Tycoon Tap Two. I haven't done it yet. I'm trying not to. We'll it has plans now. Um, but but when I would spend money in Tap Tycoons. I would be buying a specific thing. I wasn't like, ooh, give me this random dice roll. I would go and spend money for a specific thing that I knew would better my business in some way, shape, or form. So there's a difference there. I also didn't there spend is, $500. I, I, okay, oh two God. things. I only First spent like all, 20 Just buy like all, just buy like <laughs> 20 like. I don't know, like a hundred Game Boy Advances and copies of Fire Emblem One, <laughs> and then just play through, get, level up Hector. Oh, Hector's so great! And then just throw it away and do it again. Like just do that. You'll get more. You get more Hector. Wait, well, here's the thing way. too. He could have just uninstalled the game, reinstalled yeah. it, and then gone through that whole rigmarole, and then kept trying to re-roll rather than spending the money. That, that Both of those options are ridiculous. First of all, there's nothing you could say to me that will convince me spending money in the tapping game is a smart idea. Suck at the ball. Stan, you don't know how much, how fast it made the numbers go up even higher, so it was worthwhile investment. Second of all, the, the, the whole thing where you spend money where you have the random chance... To use this orb, which may or may not give you the hero that you want. Like, all the hero I don't know about Mike, but all the heroes I want use a sword, which uses the red orb. And I'm, like, burdened with all these sword characters now because the game gives you a lot of orbs. I'm like, come on, Roy. What? Come on, Marth. Did I tell you that <laughs> come I on, have Carl. a Roy? Remember, Ray, though, if you, if you have, have if you you're lucky enough to get the orbs that have the same He's like color, stars, you can dude. spend a little bit less orbs... To get the next character, so you know. Oh, best, oh yeah, and then there's that thing. Hashtag best values. The more orbs you spend unlocking characters, the higher your chance of getting a character that you want. It kind of like Man. says that in the game. I'm like, you know, this is kind of fucked. <laughs> that's so you good. You know what? I will good, say, I mean, I, awful. <laughs> I will give Nintendo one credit here. One credit. At least they're kind of being upfront with their fuckery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they random are, chance, yeah. but you know they're saying straight up, "Hey, if you do this, you might have a better chance." So fucking shell up, shell up, dummy. Oh, and the orbs are expensive. Like I looked at their monetization scheme, and it's like three orbs are needed to unlock one character. You can buy three orbs, but each pack of three orbs is two bucks. That's fucking nuts. Hey, it's less than a dollar an orb. <laughs> Stop. Oh no. <laughs> uh oh. You know what though? I am I am kind of impressed with Nintendo's like A B test they have going out right now. You know, they have Mario Run out there for ten bucks straight up, and then they have Fire yeah. Emblem Heroes out with um the, you know the the free to play you know, your typical free to free to play trapping, so they can kinda mm-hmm. be like, Okay, let's see who brings in more money. Let's have a money race. Say, uh... 
Fire Emblem Heroes, compared to Mario, whatever you call it, Mario Run, is a superior game because I'm actually enjoying this game, whereas with Mario Run, I didn't pay the 10 bucks for it because you could not convince me that game was worth $10. But Fire Emblem Heroes for free, this is, a, this is an enjoyable Fire Emblem experience. I'm, I'm having fun with it. Oh, and uh, the tiny... Th there is one thing about the control scheme that kind of like irks me, and it's a small thing. Uh, normally in Fire Emblem, when you make a character move, you have the option to, like, do you want to finalize the move, yes or no? And I'm like, oh, let me see if I move here, maybe I can move this here. You know, it's like a match of chess that you're kind of doing piecemeal. Oh, yeah, but, I, um, I, know, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, one, on, your, on uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, once you move the character to that screen and you lift your thumb or finger, you are committed. Fuck you. That was your move. Hey, it's just like when you play Pokemon cards. You know, you, you, put your, you put the card down and you're like, nope, nope, I'm still thinking. The second you take that finger off, fuck you, you made that move. So it's, Well, you know. see, what I'm used to is when I move next to a hero, I confirm that, yes, I want to make this action and attack. In this game, you have to hover your character over the hero. And I, to me, after playing Gears of Fire Emblem, that feels wrong. It, it so does I'm feel weird. Used to do I, I, I've, I've had a lot of times where I've, like, rested a hero right in front of one of the bad guys and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, oh no. My my bigger oh, problem boy. is not the fact that you ha you can't select your you know you can't move, but sometimes I feel like I feel like I've made the motion to make an attack, but then uh, the game doesn't think that I did, so I move in front of a guy and then I just sit there and I'm like, Sh shit. Right, you're just yeah, I out do there, that all the time. fly open, dick hanging out. You're like, all right, listen. <laughs> I know I was gonna hit you really hard with this axe. Let's talk, let's talk about this. Axe, just like, dude, come on, just like, it's, it's just, just like calm, triangle. calm, calm down. Time out, time out, time, time out. out. <laughs> Whoa, we gotta clear the field. There, we gotta get some medics in here. You know. Uh, have you guys looked around in the game's other like little systems it has? There's like feathers. There's crystals. There's not stones. really. I've I've collected some of the stuff from like doing training mode, but I haven't actually like looked into what it does or why I would care about it, so... Crap, I was hoping someone would tell me why the fuck I should care about feathers, because I have, like, 10,000 of them, and I don't know what I'm doing with them. It, it, it's a weird game, alright? It, it's fun, though. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I don't know how much... Like, I'm, I'm, up, I'm not really regular with it, but, you know, every once in a while just picking it up and playing a couple matches, that, you know, that seems fine. I'll probably keep doing that for a little while, but... Yeah, I yeah. think I'm more likely to download a Game Boy Advance copy and play a, a, some proper Fire Emblem. I mean, the, the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem is kind of fun, but it's rough when you start get going into it. At the halfway mark, this is where men become boys. I mean, boys become men at the halfway mark once you realize, all right, I should have been leveling up this character. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would recommend, I honestly would, would recommend Sacred Stones. It's uh, if you're gonna play an emulator, that that that's a really good Fire Emblem game. I, I really can't like recommend Awakening enough. Awake and Awakening and and uh, I haven't done some of the other uh, mess. I, there's probably a little bit more stuff, but I I enjoyed Birthright, but I think I liked Awakening just a bit more. Yeah, I need I need to keep going through uh, Birthright. I actually got um, if I can go through games I'm playing beyond Fire Emblem Heroes. Uh, Do it. Playing more ranked than Hearthstone. Oh, Hearthstone's great. I'm not very high ranked. I'm just enjoying the experience. I'm ranked uh, 23, 22. I beat Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Finally. 
No, no. I take that back. I didn't just beat that game. I completed it. Because there was a certain point where I'm like, this game is getting really long in the tooth. Because when the castle turns upside down, you're just going through the exact same castle. Except it's upside down. And the level design does not complement the fact that now you're going through upside down. Like, jumps that you can make with the double jump item, you now have to turn into a bat. And that just takes away so much, like, free flow ability <clears throat> out of the game. Uh, there's no, like, screw attack or space jump or anything like that. But as opposed to just going through the game, beating it, and being done with it, I went ahead, sat down, and I completed the game. I did every single thing you could do in that game. Explored every single inch of the castle. Got the 200% map completion rating. Just so I can say, I might never go back to that game ever again. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Good job. I, right? No, it's fun. I liked it. I I liked it a lot by the end of it. And I have Bayonetta 2 sitting in my Wii U. Ooh. I'm going to play that when we get done with this podcast. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little excited. A little excited to give that a shot. Nice. Um, Mike, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing. It's been a pretty standard, you know, kind of the usual fare. I have actually been digging a little bit into Hearthstone as well. And I do. I... I uh, I kind of oh. bounced off it before, uh, but I I like it. Um, I haven't played too much of it, but I I do like it. I don't I don't know if it's something I would do spend like a lot of time with, but it's I I kind of am starting to get like the oh okay like I kind of get it and I and I'm liking it so far. So I might I, I might have more updates on that going forward. Um, like Josh, what I've kind been, of character class do you use? Uh, I mean I haven't even I don't even think I've unlocked them all. So I'm I'm still pretty early on. I'm I've been using the mage just because that's like the starting one. Yeah. And it seems to work okay. Um so I haven't messed around too much more with the other classes just yet. Uh like Josh, I have been messing around with some Hitman. I yeah. just did this week's elusive target and it was really hard. It was very difficult, but we made it. Um those are, have you done? Have you messed around with those, Josh? Yeah, I did last week's elusive target with the um, the uh, the fashion guy. Oh which, yeah. <clears throat> so, killing him was really easy. Mm-hmm. The problem was, first off, I did it very publicly and had to get out of there very quickly and oh, well, hid in a crate for a while, kind of surrounded by people who were like, "That guy just shot that guy." Um, but then I tried to run away and realized I had forgotten something that the guy dropped. Oh, no. So <laughs> I'm like running around near the exit. like, why can't I escape? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not done. So then I had to like find a way to find a new outfit and get in there. And then that almost didn't go well. And I got the got the flash drive right at the very end and got out and got away. But I felt pretty good. Like first elusive target. It was a success. You know, there may have been an asterisk next to it, but I got it. So, look at that. Yeah, good I, job. I think that that's a really neat concept, though. The elusive targets of the whole. Yeah, it's a good way. Like, um, I didn't mean to cut you off there. It, it's a there really good. good uh, because uh, the elusive target missions aren't exactly really complex or deep. Um, they're they're kind of a lot like just like the escalations. Um, I guess in terms of like what you need to do on the map to succeed, but I think it's just the 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 one attempt tension that it adds of like, uh, 
it's, that, it's, that, that makes it, it really, really cool. It really tests your mastery of that environment. You, you mm-hmm. kind of have to know where things are in the layout really well and plan that ahead in advance so you can say, okay, I know where I need to get this, this, and this to do this, to get here, to get that guy and get out as smoothly as possible because I've got the one shot. If I fuck up, that's it. Done. Game over. Yeah, it's uh, th- those are I I those are I really enjoy doing those. I haven't gotten all of them. I've had a couple misses, but you know that's uh, what do we do when we fall off the horse? We get back we on. Get the, back on. You get back except on with the, the elusive horse. targets because you can't because the horse died, and it's gone forever. Yep. So sad. Um, <coughs> tragic. And I've also been you know we've been playing more Overwatch with the grabbing the cock. Grabbing the rooster with the uh, Lunar New Year stuff, and that actually, I kind of wanted to lead into like a, a announcement Overwatch made this week that they're gonna add. They're adding a server browser, and they're adding custom game support, and that's gonna be able. You're gonna be able to run stuff like that on server browsers. And grab the cock is gonna get added to the full time arcade rotation. Oh, the uh, capture the flag mode. Yep, and I think they're going to expand. They're going to add four other, three or four other maps that will have that game mode on it. I think like Oasis. Um, yeah, they're gonna, arcade or quick play. It'll be an arcade. Yeah. Okay, because that that's, that thing is still rough. Yeah, it's still. I'm, I'm glad it's, it's still, fun, but it's rough. I'm glad that it's still it's kind of in its own thing, like separate from like quick play or competitive. Um, but, uh, oh, what was I going to say? I just, I had it and I lost it. Um, oh, they're adding it for the, I just remembered they're at, I mean, like Josh was saying, they're adding it. So you'll do uh, capture the flag on all of the King of the Hill maps. That's right. So Oasis, uh, Elios, Nepal, and, uh, Tower. So they're doing that. Okay. Okay. And that so that's coming soon. And then uh I mean I just I've been keeping an eye on the subreddit and people have I mean there's already a desk dedicated subreddit to like custom game types that people have made, but some people have like made some kind of crazy predator mode. People are doing like crazy surf type things on the map. Um I, I think eventually they're gonna let you do a feature where you you go into a custom game and just hit like I wanna save these settings and we'll just save everything uh, that they uh, that the creator set up. Now, to... question, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but maybe because like you're talking about the crazy predator mode thing, do they allow like they do with the other um, like brawl stuff? Do you get really granular with the um, the settings as far as like you know you pick only these heroes and you can change their cooldowns or their mm-hmm. um, their alt their alt charge rate and get all of that stuff uh, that yeah it's yeah you can microscopic to like really drill down and say like i want this this and this i want these cooldowns down to like two seconds and i want the alt rate to be up by you know you know double speed or something like that can you do all of that yeah you all that's that's the stuff that kind of really amazed me just like how deep it is uh, like just for an example, like someone, uh, 
I mean, you're specifying things like uh, mode. So it's elimination, game mode, start, health pack, respawn time. Uh, you know, health packs, you can disable them. Hero limit, two per team. Uh, respawn time, 500%. And then, like, for heroes, you can tweak, like, you can, I mean, you can go to the specific hero, the specific ability. So you can, in generally, you can increase things like, oh, we're going to do 50%. 45% of damage dealt. We're going to have half the health. We're going to increase our move speed by 100, 100%. Like, McCree couldn't he, do his combat roll, but his flashbang time is going to increase by 115%. And so you can get really, really granular with it. So that's, even that's, though... That's, the, that's, the, that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, that's kind of cool. It'll be cool for, like, content creation or... Uh, videos or source source videos people might want to make yeah i mean it's i think it, it i mean not that overwatch i think was lacking in you know tools and or support for the long run here but mm. i think adding like it's just so cool that 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 they just added that this whole entire new element to an already pretty cool game and it's just it's like now there's going to be even crazier shit going on here and you'll just be able to like find it and that's really sweet um, I don't think they're adding, like, they're letting people mess around with, like, custom maps. So, you know, I, I don't think there'll be any Overwatch, you know, RP servers or, uh, like, crazy Gmod type stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, who knows down the road what that, that might change, and then things might get really weird. Uh, but for now, it just seems like a really, I think that's going to be going live probably on probably on the 14th i think is usually about how long it takes for something once it gets added to like the test region to go live but i think that's that's pretty rad that they just added it i think that's super cool and i'm really excited to kind of dig into that and mess around yeah cool it just it just really shows too that blizzard is committed to really giving the player base and the fans what they need to get as much out of that game as possible and to really give it give it as long a legs as they possibly can. So I mean obviously I don't think anybody was really concerned about that, but just to to give that signal and be like, look, we're gonna give you everything you need to get the most out of this game as possible, I think that's pretty awesome. I agree. It's it's pretty sweet. But uh yeah, so I, that's kind of it for what I've been playing. That was just a little bit of interesting news I saw this week. I don't know. Uh, what else do you guys want to hit on? Josh, do you have any other kind of things you see going on? Or Well, I wanted to talk about something. Gentlemen, I brought us all to hear the game today for a reason. Oh, When's the last time any of you fine gentlemen or your significant others or anyone you know really shopped at a GameStop? Uh, I think I was in one a couple of weeks ago to get my copy of Fire Emblem. So not that it was in 2017. I okay, cool. the last time I was in a GameStop was probably before the Metroid hatched. I think I had gone to a mall for some reason, and my wife was shopping and doing something. And I got bored, and I just went into a GameStop to, like, look around and see what was up. 
But I didn't buy anything. The last time I bought anything from a GameStop proper was probably... Ugh. I would say this out loud. Metroid Other M. It could, it could, you know, that, that could have been... That's the last time you went to a GameStop? That's the last time I bought something from a GameStop. It could have been wow. worse. It could have been like the console version of Payday 2. It's true. It could have been. Much it worse. could have been. It could. It was. Thank God. But it could have been the console version of Evolve. Ooh, that's pretty rough. Or Battleborn. That's pretty rough. <laughs> I think. I think the pay. You know what? Okay, this is a sidebar conversation. Okay, Stan, what's up with GameStop? Yeah. So, GameStop, their Circle of Life program, which is a program they have their employees to sell their product by. Yeah, it's like kind of a selling type. I guess. Transaction goals is kind of what I've, I've yeah, yeah. explained as. Yeah, yeah. There are, th- there are four different circles of life that they contribute to and contributes to the circle of life quotas. There's pre-orders, <clears throat> pre-orders reward subscription cards, uh, used game sales, and trade-ins. And the circle of life is you come in, you buy a new game, you get some accessories with that, you trade in maybe a couple games, you pre-order a couple games, and while you're there pre-ordering games, you sign up for that nice, sexy GameStop reward card, you sign up for their magazine, and they make sure that that circle just keeps continuing. Mm, so lots so of kind of add-on stuff, it sounds like, too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, capitalizing on that. So what happens if you were to say... Let's let's take you, Mike. Let's take you. You're like walking down the street. You're like, ooh, a GameStop. I heard about the new Fire Emblem game. You go into the new GameStop. You walk to the store. I'll take a copy of Fire Emblem Birthright Fates, my man. They're like, that'll be uh, well, forty bucks plus tax. By the way, do you want a reward card subscription? No. Do you, do you want to sign up for the magazine? No. Do you want to go ahead and trade in any games? No. Do you want to pre... Like, Mike is just heartlining. He's like, hey, I came here with a mission. I got 43 bucks in my pocket. Let's get this job done. All right. Do you want to go ahead and uh, pre-order any games for the future? No. 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 All right. No. Um, um, no. Um, well, here's your game. And then you walk out with your game. Jobs are good. Uh, you might have just gotten that person fired <laughs> because you didn't do... And the other thing, and even though he sold you the game that you walked in for, you may have gotten that person fired because Circle of Life program requires employees to have a specific number goal to do all of the things that they're asking you about. And if they don't, it affects their bottom line and su- substantially. Yeah, and it's, I mean, some people, there's been some reporting on employees, you know, saying like it's almost, it almost would be better, like, if we didn't sell you a copy, it'd be almost be better for, uh, I guess, you know, not being reprimanded as part for not for missing one of those quotas as a store. If they just di- if I never came into a GameStop and just bought my one new game, that it would, mm-hmm. it would that would be worse for them than if I never showed up at all. Because if they have a transaction without one of those add-ons, uh, that I mean that that hurts more than them missing out on a new sale, which is. I mean, you know, I do kind of, on the one hand, I mean, you know, I understand a business has to make money, and that's wh- where, when it comes to, like, a, re- a brick-and-mortar, you know, massive retail chain like GameStop, they don't mm-hmm. make money on, they don't make money on the new game, on a new game sale, because... No, they make, they like, make one it to on, $2. They make it on the used dollar, on the used copy that's, like, $2 cheaper than the new listing, 
on the pre on getting you to pre-order as a returning customer. Uh, you sign it get using you know getting you invested in the rewards program or picking up some other kind of merch. Like, th I understand that those are kind of like. I get where they're coming from, and it, this, and kind of going to something that's so aggressive like this, um, it's definitely kind of it kind of shows the fe the general fear of, you know, big box, you know, the Amazon death cloud that will that is so will soon consume us all. Um, so, so the Circle of Life program has existed in one form or another for years because <clears throat> never having worked at the GameStop, I used to shop at GameStop a lot. But the process of just being harangued by their employees, or just like in many cases straight up lied to, sometimes, um, like right after E3 2013, I went into a GameStop the next day because I was really impressed with Sony's uh, presentation of the PlayStation 4. So I went into a GameStop to pre-order one, like you do, and the employee there said, "Oh, we can't pre-order this for you unless you pre-order a game and two controllers to go along with it." And I said, "Are you?" Sure, can't I just pre-order the console? I, I, I'm i willing to you know put down a $400 retainer to get this console. They're like, yeah, you can still put down the retainer, but, you know, you, you ha we can't let pre-orders walk out the door without at least a controller and at least a game. And I left because that's, that's that one, he lied to me because I actually had a friend that was a GameStop employee. He's like, oh, no, that guy was just trying to buff his numbers. Yeah, fuck him. And so... Mm. How, how does someone like do that to another customer just straight up lie and say you have to buy other things to buff your numbers and also to be fair there are a lot of game stops best buys are guilty of this too that will have the console in stock but they won't sell it to you without you buying like a hundred to two hundred dollars worth of accessories along with it granted it's because they make nothing on consoles but who's what's the what's the solution to that do you just continue to have the manufacturer just let the uh, retailer make nothing on consoles and GameStop get screwed I guess a little bit or do you tell GameStop to just be a better business and offer different products that make me want to come there and buy not try to force me to buy your accessories and bullshit yeah Sorry, it's uh, right? I will yeah, say, and I, mean, I don't. I I stepped out for a second, and I don't know if this was this was said. Like, and and Ray kind of alluded to this too. It is also very varied how this program is implemented, how seriously people take it. Like the whole lying about having stuff in stock isn't necessarily spelled out in their circle of life actual employee documents because that would be that probably wouldn't go over well. But it's like in certain areas you do have employees who are much more encouraged to do the kind of shit Ray saw whereas you know I've gone into you know I remember going into a GameStop and and wanting to buy a thing and buying that thing and they're like hey do you want a subscription to Game Informer and I said no and they're like okay here's your shit go bye so it it's not everywhere and it's not every time because I bet you if Ray had gone to that same GameStop with a different employee, he might have gotten a different result, too. No, the, the GameStop I'm talking about was one I was living next to when I was in college. And typically, it was a fine store. But there were times when, yeah, I'm not going to lie, the, the experience was less than stellar. Because they would... There was a time, and this happens, and I'm not the only one that this has happened to, where I went into that GameStop, the same one I'm talking about, and I went and got a copy of Fallout 3 because Josh wouldn't shut up about it. So I went and said, you know what, let me it's give this game a shot. 
it, 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 I did have fun with it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I went to the store and said, I'll take Fallout 3. Okay, we don't have any new copies. We only have pre-owned. Okay, I don't care. Uh, I'll take the pre-owned. He's like, and that'll be uh, $58.99 with the uh, game disc scratch warranty. And I said, hold on, stop right there. What's that? And they said, oh, it's a warranty on top of your game so that if the game disc gets scratched for any reason, you can just bring it in and then we'll just replace it for you for free. And I asked how much that was that they were adding to the top of my receipt without telling me. I said, it's just $3.99. So four bucks to guarantee that the game won't scratch inside the console. That's ridiculous. How long does it even cover it? One year? Take that off. Don't put that on my... <laughs> Why are you just putting that on my receipt? Why does that exist? Why is that an option? Who buys that? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> it's it, and I get it from a perspective of the employees. It's I, I I have many friends who have worked at GameStop. It's not like they're paying you much above minimum wage. I'm sorry to say, this might be like airing out some serious dirty laundry, but they're really not, and they're they're. They're actually very quick to fire employees if they're not performing well because, well, the sad reality is there are a ton of people willing to work at the GameStop. It's kind of like the stack of applications Walmart gets. Yeah, Most GameStops have a I stack mean, of applications. I mean, at the end of the day, you have a lot of people who are like, I like video games. I want to work in GameStop. You have no idea what you're signing up for. <laughs> None. You're not. You're not really working in video games, but... You're working as a you're you're a cog in the system, definitely. Yep. Uh, I've I always wanted to be, be that a cog. cog. <laughs> <laughs> a system that I have not been a part of in a very long time. I I have to say that I get it from their perspective. You're you're a lower paid employee. And you're just trying to do your fucking job, and your fucking yeah. job requires you to upsell. And if you don't upsell, you, you know you can get like punished in some way, shape, or form, or just fired. So I get the stress that comes with that, and that's awful. But also, to like corporate GameStop, the fuck, man! I just want to buy a video game. What if I don't care about all of this stuff that you're making every single employee ask me about? But you know, to to their to their credit, you know they've got to they've got to do what they've got to do to stay in business because they're not going to be able to sustain just selling new video games. And I mean, really, you think right, right. you think in the long run they're not going to be able to sustain when we get to the to the more digital heavy era. You know, obviously that's going to take a while to get there. But like, you know, they <laughs> granted they they could really do something to kind of think about what their next move is. But rather than do that, they're like, let's squeeze as much money out of these fuckers while we are still around, and then get the fuck out. Right, right. Yeah. Like the last time I walked into a GameStop, the very last time was when I bought Xenoblade Chronicles X, and um, I went to a GameStop store that's not too far from me, and according to the website, they had it in stock. So I went there, and this I am I all of my GameStop stories are completely for real, and you know now that with the Circle of Life story is coming out, it's all starting to make sense. Mm-hmm. Puts a lot of things store, in perspective. Yeah, yeah. I walked to the store. I said, "Hey, I just won Xenoblade Chronicles X for Wii U." It looks like a really fun game. They're like, yeah, it really is a fun game. I play it at home. And I was like, hey, according to your website, I pull out my phone. It says you guys have it in stock. Hey, I'm going to preempt this. I don't want your magazine. I'm already a GameStop Awards member. Not anymore. And I, <laughs> I, 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 I just want to go ahead and get the game. They're like, oh, yeah, you know what? 
We only have the special edition of the game in stock. And I w looked at him like, um, how much is it? Because the game itself was 60 bucks. Oh, you know, it's just $90. But uh, it comes Blech. with this cool fold-out. With... <laughs> I don't want the special edition, god damn it. Right, Blech. I just wanted the game. Just give me these, like, the game's really popular. A lot of places are out of stock. I mean, the next game stopped that has like 20 miles away from here. So I left that GameStop, and I went to the Best Buy one mile down the road, and they had 15 copies in stock. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, I mean, GameStop has been, like, in a, kind of a weird position for a while. I mean, obviously, it's not, our, we're not in the all-digital hellscape just yet, but it, well, it, GameStop is looking too. more and more, is getting closer and closer to, you know, passed on, didn't buy Netflix for a million dollars blockbuster status. Yeah. Well, you know and I don't I mean? know if you and I don't know if you guys mentioned this either, but like they also now have the added pressure from Amazon with the whole if you buy a relatively new physical game or pre order, oh, yeah. they knock like twenty percent off the price, so you're only paying yeah. like forty seven dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, so like they now have that added pressure oh, too, and they're just like, Man, less than that. Eat I just I I'd hate to be a GameStop board member right now. I pre-ordered Breath of the Wild. I, I, I hate pre-ordering shit. But I pre-ordered Breath of the Wild for the Switch, which is coming out in uh, three weeks, gentlemen. Goddamn, that's... Whoa, We're almost really? there. Holy cow, yeah, it is. Dang. Yep, yep. And uh, uh, Amazon Prime let me pre-order it for... Forty-three bucks. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I was like, I'm, that's, I'm a, that's like I'm the idiot. one time I'm, I'm okay with the pre-order is if you're actually getting like monetary, yeah, value from it. I still, I there's still like, you know, you shouldn't pre-order games, but like if you're gonna you're give really me a twenty-dollar discount, goddamn, I guess Ooh. I can do it. Ooh, that that that's how you get someone with the pre-orders. You're like pre-order this and save a butt at, buttload of money. Okay, now you're talking. God damn! Now, now I have to the value. The value proposition of of pre-ordering has n gone up again. So, uh -huh. thank you, Amazon. But only, for, only for Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so, moral of the story is you should be a Prime member. <laughs> that's a, that's a takeaway from yeah. I've pre I've uh, two day shipping. All the stuff I've pre-ordered from Amazon has been just going great. Pre-ordered some Smash Brothers. Pre-ordered Switch. Pre-ordered Star Fox Zero. Goddamn that game. <laughs> just because you pre-order a game. Pre-order pre a game. Doesn't mm -hmm. make it a good one. You can pre-order bad games. No, no. I probably pre-ordered pre Star Fox shit. Dinosaur Planet, which is, you know, an, an incredible game. So, it ha obviously has nothing I, to do with this conversation. I pre-ordered Metroid Other M. <sighs> Ooh, I pre-ordered Metroid bad. Other M for 60 bucks. I got I, the I got the deluxe edition. I want to. I probably. I want to say. What the fuck came into the deluxe with edition? With the art book and shit. I probably pre-ordered Nintendogs. <laughs> <laughs> I probably pre-ordered that game. I'm trying to think. What's the worst game I pre-ordered? Nintendogs is a I fun game though. Uh, it, it's probably other M for me because I fit nothing. It's between that and mm. Final Fantasy 13. Ooh, I pre-ordered that game too. To... Ooh, shit. At least, at shit. least I finished Other M before I brought it back. That's fair. Did I? But I brought both back within a month, so you know. I don't think I pre-ordered The Witcher Three. That's a good game. Yeah, uh, I, I just, I bounced off it hardcore. You're not feeling it. Oh, okay. You're just not feeling it. Okay, I was not, not for everyone. It. 
Um, I I think the worst game I pre-ordered to this day is still Star Fox Zero, because all the game all the shit games game. I've pre-ordered at least I can finish them. Star Fox Zero I finished, but I didn't like anything about the experience except the music. The music's great. Listen to Star Fox Zero Star Wolf theme. That 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 thing's epic. That's it. If I want to be edgy, and if I want to be if I want to start a fight, I could say I pre-ordered Dark Souls Two. I mean. I haven't. I've only beaten Bloodborne, so I can't speak to how good or bad Dark think, Souls Two is. I, re, I I should play Dark Souls Two again. It's it's kind of supposedly it has, it's the weakest in the series. It's like technically it might be the weakest. I mean, it's still pretty good. It's still Dark Souls. Hmm. I think. I mean, I think I like three more. Um, and two two is mm-hmm. just a really kind of weird departure from compared to one. And, like, the world doesn't feel as cohesive, I mean, compared to, like, the really intricate kind of design of one. And so that kind of ruins a lot of the, like, a lot of the, the kind of, like, exploration elements of I, that I really enjoyed of Dark Souls 1. Um, that, game's all, that game's pretty good, though. I should, I should go back to that circ- again. Since we've circled back to Dark Souls, I wanted to pitch you guys an idea that I might one day email from software. So, uh, Josh, you want to hear this, too? From Software also makes, and they seem to have recently abandoned because they oversaturate the series, Armor Core. So, pitch idea from Software, Dark Souls, Armor Core, Pineapple, ban- Pineapple Banana Pen. Make that happen. I want a Dark Souls Armor Core where you have to time your boost dodges, time your laser slashes, time your gunshots at the end. Oh, so you, want, you just want software. Dark Souls Gundam. Nothing about the sentence you just said was bad. <laughs> no bad. I'm I'm so aroused right now. I said that like I said that I was like, oh, this is this would obviously be dumb. But then I said it and I was like, wait, hmm, wait a minute. If, I mean, that's <laughs> not that's not Dynasty Warriors Gundam wasn't a bad idea. So like mm. Dark Souls Gundam is uh, probably uh, also uh, just uh, as amazing. I've actually been watching a lot of Gundam anime re- the last like week or so. <laughs> Which one? I hear there's a new one out. I haven't watched the new. I'm I'm kind of going back and watching some old stuff. Uh, I watched the Eighth MS Team, still great. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And right now I'm watching um, 0083 Stardust Memories. So that's is that the one where Shar is a good guy? I don't know. They have we haven't seen him yet. This is the one that um, the it's it's three years after the war ends and there's like a a Xeon faction that has been like wait, laying in wait and they steal a Gundam prototype with a nuke. Like um I'm in. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. So um been watching That sounds great. Yeah, watching watching Gundam recently, so that's been it's been a blast. Yeah, no. Dark Souls Gundam mm. Mm. Yeah, let's make that happen. I, uh, I mean, I, I'd be okay with Dark Souls Armor Core, but Dark Souls Gundam, you get some licensing rights in there. Yeah. I mean, if you like money, go ahead, whatever. I mean, because, I mean, you've, you've kind of got the whole, like, I mean, with, you. I mean, I haven't gotten a ch- I played the Alpha, but it just came out, so, I, and we're kind of talking about it, like that uh, Neo, Neo from Team Ninja, it's, it's, yeah. to, I mean, it's, to be, like, reductive, it's, looks like Samurai Dark Souls. But it's really interesting. I don't think that's being reductive because, from what I've heard and seen of that game, it looks like that's exactly what they were going for. Like they were very intentional in there. We are making a Dark Souls game, just that's samurai based. Like it's really cool to um, 
it's really interesting to see that kind of like the Dark Souls kind of game, you know, spin off into its own kind of little subgenre type thing. Like I'm really interested in I'd be really interested in seeing some more games kind of like it. Like I never tried Lords of the Fallen, but it it didn't it didn't seem as like people didn't really seem as jazzed about that as they did with Neo. So I and I I really like the Dark Souls and kind of Bloodborne aesthetic. I think that mm. I mean from software just has done some cr- like incredible stuff with those games. Uh, but so, I'm really curious. I'm really curious to see. You know, will we see more games kind of like this? Will we see more of them from other teams? Yeah. And like, is, is this what is, is this they, what the do they keep? Genre. What are they? Yeah, that I think that'll be really kind of. I mean, because because I mean, Dark Souls. I think I mean Dark Souls Three is gonna be the last Dark Souls game, as as yeah. it, from all all indications. I mean, I think they've got like the, the Ringed City DLC coming out later this year, which looks pretty sweet. Um, so, I mean, once they kind of leave the series, like, does that? I mean, that'll be kind of something kind of interesting to track. Like, where does that? What happens to that subgenre? Like, I mean, so many people play these games, and I mean, I play through them, and I play through it. I like it, you know. Then I kind of let it go. But some people have like thousands of hours in Dark Souls, and it's like. How? There's a lot of why. Some people are. There's a lot of PvP, and I'm not really a big PvP Dark Souls person. Okay, but okay. Some people yeah. are real okay. into that. Um, so I'm really curious to see, you know, where, you know, where does it go from here? Does do, who like who picks up the kind of torch? And uh, you know, because uh, because of Bloodborne, I've actually started going back and reading H.P. Lovecraft books. And you know what? I actually, for the first time in my life, finished Call of Cthulhu. You know what? Not bad. Not bad. Go back and read those books is what I'm saying. Bloodborne is so good. I know we talk about... Welcome to Unscripted Bloodborne. My name is Bloodborne. My name is Ludwig's Holy Blade. (laughs) My name is Over It. Oh, no. We'll name you Threaded Cane. I'm just kidding. The Threaded Cane is actually the most badass Jacob cannot stop saying that weapon is great. It's so great. It's a cane that you turn into, like chain whip thing that's so cool it's castlevania it turns bloodborne into castlevania it's yeah <laughs> that's the best that's the, why it's amazing <laughs> simon belmont with the pimp cane gets down by the way he talks and also what <laughs> it's oh, man it's so good i mean I, you know i'm with you the holy blade is the way to go because it's a sword you just snap into a bigger sword which is great. Mm, anime as fuck. But there's something really just satisfying, just like, like with the threaded canes, like, oh man. Don't get me wrong, there's it's, something satisfying mm, about mm. the charge attack on the threaded cane when you just smack a motherfucker out of the air or something. They yeah. like do a jumping attack. No! Man, I really need to that, play that game again. That game is really good. Go another run, threaded cane run only, with top hat. Mm. <laughs> Pimp run. Mm. That game is so all right, I think we should end it there since Josh is getting pissed off because yeah, we've gone back to Bloodborne. One thing I wanted over. to make mention of, just because I thought this was really fucking neat, and this is this is Josh's hardware minute. Um, okay. There, I don't know if you may, may or may not be aware of it, but like overclocking is really easy nowadays with modern modern motherboard technology and things of that nature. But there is a group of people that have 
embarked on the task of extreme overclocking, and they have competitions for this. Um, and a That's group amazing. in Germany just recently took an i7 7700K Cabby Lake processor, which uh, base clock is like 4.2 and boosts to about 4.5. They overclocked that thing to 7.2 gigahertz <laughs> using liquid helium. That's like, Why? That's like almost, I mean, for like a lot of, that's like almost twice as much as like what it, what it would just do like plugged in. Like, that's insane. That's so funny. I, I highly recommend, and, and uh, I'll give Ray a link to the article I'm uh, specifically referencing to put in the show notes, but like, I highly recommend just looking at some videos of these guys doing it. Like they go through and they test it. They, they basically just have motherboards in the open air. And then they have this big like vat on top of the CPU. Uh, but Whoa. it looks like the regular stuff. You've got your GPU and you've got your RAM and stuff like that. And your power supply. That's awesome. But they just like have this big thing that they sit and they have a bottle of liquid and usually nitrogen. But these guys use helium because it is 70 degrees Celsius colder than liquid nitrogen to get to where they got with this. Cause I think the previous record was like, um, a six gigahertz or something like that. But you know, they just sit there and they pour some in and you see it boiling off as they're like running all these benchmarks and trying to get as much power out of it without putting on too much voltage to fry the CPU, which they do fry lots of CPUs. So, um, which if you think about it, your cabby Lake I seven seventy seven hundred K costs like, four hundred dollars so it's a, it's an expensive hobby but yeah it's I, this is this is the, everything you're saying is insanity it is it's insanity like so, and watching <laughs> watching insanity. a video of them like just sitting there trying to like fiddle with the settings and get this stuff done on these open air computers and like the the cloud of uh helium that's coming around from the liquid boiling off it's just it's fascinating well hey man and i'm, That's yeah. I'm sitting it. here like i'm really happy that i got my 6700k up to 4.4 gigahertz with my little water cooler mm-hmm. i'm just well, you, you know sometimes you just really need to run undertale at, at 500 frames a second okay <laughs> i mean you need that it, game to be real smooth it's true it doesn't know? work unless it's you don't that. you don't want any frames dropping like that could really pull you out of the experience and, uh, oh, these frame drops on this, um, on this, uh, uh flowy boss. Fight, you don't you need know? your it's computer like at this point in time to be tra- that fast. garbage. Just trash. This is dick. This is dick measuring. This is. This I mean, why buy an enterprise server level Xeon processor when you could just get a seventy seven hundred K and constantly pour liquid helium on it? I mean, why would you do that? Well, it's so convenient. It's just, you know, I, I had all this liquid helium sitting around. I move, I was gonna move do, I was over. I going to throw it move, away. Anyway, I mean, I move over, Watson. <laughs> There's a new processor in town. I How, see well, where do you even get liquid helium? That's my question. You probably have to talk to, like, an MRI company, like somebody who supplies medical helium. Right. To, um, probably the government. Yeah. Or I, uh, you get some helium and then you try and compress it really, really, really hard yourself. <laughs> Holy shit, you could just buy it on Amazon. It. Never mind. Oh, oh, there you go. 2017, it's really, man. It's expensive, though. <laughs> I want to see them, like, overclock a microwave. Like, hey, so how many... Uh, how, how, what'd you get that thing up to? Oh, we got to go on about 25, 30 miles an hour. Wait, what? 
what did you do? Yeah, uh, in the article they say um, the the liquid helium is four thousand euros for a hundred liters. <laughs> and remember, you're talking four hundred dollars for each processor, which they go through several of. So, do you get twenty percent off? When I'm betting new, they have like they when... have sponsorship from Intel. Like Intel is part of the process, um, and I think the team is actually based through ASUS. So you know, obviously they're they're they've got some money, but still. It just it what a crazy me. world like yeah that's so nuts like i kind of want to go now because I, I hear that they have them like they do some of this at like things like packs and whatnot where they'll have in like a side area the overclocking competition with teams just like sitting on these computers trying to get the fastest process to be like that's incredible i don't know that, yeah that's just i read that i was like man that is that's incredible that is super interesting yeah well, hey, extreme you know, overclocking. I think, I think that should wrap up Josh's hardware minute yeah. in the podcast. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, if Where you want to we... continue to hear about Josh's hardware minute and you know other stuff we talk about too, you can make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. <laughs> uh, go to Facebook.com, look up Unscripted Gaming, give us a like there. Follow us at Twitter at Unscript underscore Gaming. Uh, you can also get us in your ears with soundcloud.com slash unscript-gaming. Uh, we are also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast. Get us in your ears. On the go. Anywhere you want to be, we'll be there with you. With the hard... Gym. Just stop. Hitting. Those analogies about to go real south real fast. Just <laughs> stop right there. there. Just... <laughs> I guess I'll stop while, I head, while I'm ahead and say thank you for listening to Unscripted Gaming. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. I'm Ray. Peace. See you next time.